0: Hello, hello, everybody. I had a podcast done for you guys earlier today, almost done. And then I flicked my screen and the thing just went completely off. I was just like, you got to be kidding me. So I didn't have time to, to complete it then, but I just got home from work. And man, I can tell you my ice creamers, my ice cream family is keeping me busy and they are whooping my butt. I am exhausted. <laughs> so, but I didn't want to end the night without putting something out for you. Um, I had some things I wanted to talk about today, which is so weird. I had to do this over again. It's so, it's just like you do something. It's almost like when you're doing a movie or something where you have to do those takes and keep doing them over and over again. That's how I feel right now. Um, I told you last week I would do some things on, on hellhounds. Um, there was a story about, I don't know if you guys know about this, but there was a man named Robert Johnson. Back in 1937, and he was a young black male that was struggling in the music industry. He really, really, really wanted to make it big in the music industry, and he sucked. He he just wasn't good at it. Apparently, he could barely play play the um, harmonica, couldn't play the the guitar for worth a you know crud. He just wasn't good, and um, he got so frustrated tired of it, he went off and he took his guitar and he went to the crossroad on, uh, highway 49. I think it was 49 or 47. I can't read my writing. Um, I believe it's 49. It was highway 49. You guys can look this up. It's, if you look it up on YouTube even, or you look it up just the story about him. It was amazing. He actually wrote a, a, a song called "Hellhound on my trail. And he made, supposedly he summoned this demon. This is what he told his friends, um, or some of his close friends and his family that he had gone to the crossroads, had laid his guitar in the crossroads at nighttime, like at three in the morning. And it was deserted. And back then, especially there wasn't much traffic. And he summoned a demon and a demon apparently appeared to him and he sold his soul and he came back and they said, this guy went from being able, not being able to play anything to playing like a pro. I mean, he was amazing and they couldn't get over it. And they said that that when he told them what he had done, they believed him because they said, there's no way he could have, you know, been able to play like he did. So, and this is the trickery of the devil and the demons this is what happened to him that you have to watch out for. So he thought he was going to gain fame and fortune and become this really big musician. And he did gain his fame and fortune. He was playing in the taverns and get-togethers with some of the great names. And within a year, he was dead. They said that he, had, he kept talking about hearing sounds of hounds, of dogs that nobody else could hear. And one day, he was just gone. And they don't know what happened to him, So um, they think the hellhounds came and they took him. Because typically, apparently, that's what they say happens. When you sell your soul, that the actual hellhounds, they come out of hell. And they come to drag you away. So you have to be very careful. Because these, I don't know, there was a movie out. I should have looked this up before I started this. Um, Nicolas Cage played this, what was the call? What was that called? I can't remember what it was called. He was, he was on a motorcycle and he, and he, and he caught on fire and he looked like a skeleton and he made a deal to save his dad because his dad was dying. And then what happened was, you know, during the course of this deal, he was tricked and that's what they do. They trick you. Okay. So, You would have to be so incredibly specific with your words and you would have to, you know, I mean, there's just, I have a couple of incidences with this. Like I remember a story about a guy that wished his family were back with him. They burned in a fire and he had, he had, he just wanted to, wanted them back in the worst way so he made a deal with the devil and the devil replaced his family in decaying mode like they were they were like zombies that didn't eat people sitting in his house they were all burned and charred and they were just they they acted all strange and so he ended up with his family back but they were really disgusting and it reminds me of the story or the um the movie Aladdin, where I don't know if you guys have ever seen this, but this one, the one guy had, he had had the genie kind of like, you know, enslaved to him until he had his wishes up. And <clears throat> the genie was getting really frustrated. He got really ticked off because the guy kept stringing him along. And finally, he came up with his last wish was that he wished for this sunken treasure of whatever. And the, when the genie granted him the wish, it was with this guy underwater with this sunken treasure. Like he put the guy in the in the ocean with the sunken treasure instead of, you know, bringing it out to him. So my point is, you have to be extremely careful what you're wishing for. You have to be extremely literal and, and literally sit and think of every possible avenue that this demon could take to trick you which you probably aren't going to think of every one of them because you're human and they are a superior being, you know, whether they're, you know, pig swine, you know, I I can't stand them. I always call them like, you know, I, I kind of, it's like a little bit of a swear word, but they're just swine, you know, and, but they still are a higher being. They have more, more abilities. They've got, you know, higher powers, more intelligence. I mean, they're in that realm. So of course they're going to, you know, we will too one day when we're passed through. But while we're hum while we're human, we don't have that. So um we just have to be really careful. Even with God. I mean, God I wouldn't say God's a trickster, but God is very literal. So you have to be careful when you pray. And like I, I remember when I was a kid, I prayed for patience. And I remember them somebody I talked to, I think it was a pastor or something, said, you know, don't ever pray for patience. And I was like, why? And they said, Oh, your life will just become an absolute nightmare because What will happen is God will test you and test you and test you to teach you patience. So you're basically praying for a lot of crap to happen in your life so you can learn how to be patient and tolerant of things. So you don't want to pray for patience ever. Just don't do it. So be very careful how you word things. Uh, Try to cover every aspect of, you know, any doorway that can be used to kind of distort you know, what you're asking for and don't ever make a, a deal with the devil or a demon. Just don't do it. Hang on. I got to take a drink here. Um, so that was just something the, the story is really fascinating. Look it up. It's, it's, it's really, his name's Robert Johnson, In 1937. He made a deal with a demon on highway. I believe it's 49 or 47. I believe it's 49. Um, It kind of leads me into Bob Dylan there's also many years ago when when the Lord was taking me down this path of you know enlightenment and opening my eyes to see what's really going on Um, I was looking just every day I was just being going through everything I mean you can't even believe the amount of hours and days and months and years that I've spent in prayer with God talking to God asking questions having him lead me into this into that which led me into something else I mean he's just been showing me things I couldn't even imagine and um there was a story I ran into with Bob Dylan where he was on this interview and he was saying he was being asked about you know how can you carry on how can you still at your age keep going like how do you do this you know why don't you retire. And Bob Dylan very seriously said, well, you know, there's certain obligations I have to fulfill. And the guy was like, well, what do you mean? And he was like, well, certain, you know, deals I made that I have to fulfill. And the guy started laughing, the interviewer, and he was like, what do you mean? He said, you know, deals with who? And he said, well, you know, he said the commander in chief is what Bob Dylan said. And the guy kind of looked at him. He was, you know, he thought Bob Dylan was joking and Bob Dylan was dead serious. And he said, you mean in this world? And the guy and Bob Dylan said, uh, oh, well, he goes in this world and in the next. And he was completely serious. I mean, he was sitting there basically telling this interviewer that he had made a deal with Satan and he had obligations he had to fulfill. And that he had to live up to them and he was compelled, forced into fulfilling his end or something really bad could happen to him or his family, which it's going to anyway. I mean, you know, if that's the kind of um, deal that he made, I mean, his soul is sold. It's it's gone. I don't know if God can get souls back once they're sold. I don't know. I don't know if that's possible. I mean, I, I just don't know. You know, it's almost like kind of goes into the mark of the beast kind of stuff. Like once you make a deal or make a seal in your skin, you know, or you do a certain thing, you're it's done. It's over. There's no going back from it. So if you guys, um, that's another thing you can look up. If you get on YouTube, look up the, um, the interview with Bob Dylan, where he talks about, you know, making a deal or selling his soul or something along those lines. If you guys ever have any questions, like if you don't know where to find things I talk about, please please email me. You know, it's 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 at in the dark two thousand twenty-one at gmail.com. Just drop me an email. Send me your stories. Please send me your stories. I do not have to use your name. I can keep you completely anonymous. Just send me stuff, guys. You can send me questions. I mean anything you want to do. Don't forget that. Also, if you need prayer, you know, I, I'm a big person. I like to pray for people because I believe that I believe that all of this is interconnected. I don't think any of it is separate from the other. And that's why a lot of times when I do my podcast, I talk about God because it's all intertwined to me. It's, it's, we're in a spiritual battle down here, which, which turns into physical because it affects us, you know, our lives, our physical realm, all that stuff. And and God warned us about it, and we're right smack in the middle of it. And if people want to deny this, if they want to deny God because they don't want to have accountability for their life, I mean, that's okay. You don't have to, you know, it's not okay, but I mean, it's 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 your choice, you know. But I'm here to warn you, and this is what I believe. It's what I've been shown. I've had messages from God. I've had talks with God. I've I've gotten some really profound things from the Lord, and I'm telling you, it's He's real, you know, and it's... <laughs> Guys, it's so important that you get right with him. And, you know, if you run into a cryptid or a demon or an alien or anything, the number one thing you have to start doing is invoking the name of Jesus Christ. And supposedly when people are running into these beings, they just poof, disappear. As soon as you start talking Jesus, these things are gone. And that tells you so much you can deny things all you want to, but that tells you everything right there. So um, I want to share those stories with you. Um, there's also <clears throat> hellhounds are. I, I find them interesting because there, there's dogmen. We have the legend of Anubis. We have dogmen, and we have hellhounds, and. I have a feeling that there are three different types of entities and we have, I'm sorry, we have werewolves too. We've got all four of them. Um, Anubis might be dog men. That might be a a dog man. There was a saint. I thought it was St. Peter, one of the saints. They found inscriptions in the Egyptian tombs that there was a saint and he, I thought it was St. Peter. That was actually a dog headed saint he actually had the head of a dog. So this stuff I'm telling you guys we are in a rabbit hole that goes for miles here. So this stuff gets deep, it gets crazy. It's like crazy land. We're literally living in in the world of the supernatural. Um but the hellhounds, I I I think it's 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 fascinating that you know, we've got a lot of dog characters, a lot of dog creatures. And there's other types of creatures as well, but the dog um dog cryptids and creatures and stuff. There's, there's quite a few of them. So, um, I don't know if dog men are how hounds the, the funny thing about the dog men and the, and the Sasquatch and the werewolves and all the stuff is that they smell like sulfur. They smell like they just stepped out of the pits of hell. They smell like rotting flesh and, and corpses and, you know, just, just disgust. I mean, they're just, they're disgusting. And it I it just I don't know if, if dog men and hellhounds are the same or they're are they one and the same or are they two different types of you know, is one spiritual and one is um interdimensional, like spiritual and physical. Because I don't believe that the cryptids are just physical. I believe that they're both. Because I think they were part fallen angel and because of that and the Nephilim and stuff, they have abilities and I think they can travel interdimensionally, which I've talked about before. Matt, my mate had a story when he was coming home one night, he was coming home, he was driving over this road. We live in this area that's, it's pretty wooded up here. It's, it's such a weird area. It's, it's got like, you know, you're like in town in the front, it feels like town. And in the back, it feels like this wooded area. It's really weird. It kind of, And then we've got, I've told you guys this before, we've got the caves and all, all kinds of trees, stuff like that. And um, there's this one road that it connects. We go down the one road and we travel this back road that connects us from one part of town to the next quickly. You know, it's a lot quicker, but it's very wooded. And he was coming home from work at night, one night at three o'clock in the morning, And he said there was this tree that was literally suspended in midair. There was nothing at the base of this tree that was holding it. And he said he was just driving and he's looking at this tree. He's got his high beams on. It's three o'clock in the morning. He's coming home from work, hasn't been drinking. And there's this tree that's just like suspended there. And it was like, something was holding it on both ends or maybe one end and it was just going to drop it on the car and it won a car that was driving through to either kill the person or get the person out and take off with the body and, you know, eat it or whatever they do with bodies, you know, but he said he just looked at it and he said, no freaking way. And he turned his car around, went the other way. And he, he came around, you know, through town and got home that night that way. But he said he couldn't believe it. He went back the next day and it was completely gone he said he didn't, he said it looked like, like somebody was, had to have been holding it, like two people, one on each end of this thing. It was enormous. And it wasn't, it wasn't like broken and leaning over. It was like, he said it was like, just like in midair, just like leaning over in midair. There was nothing there. So it was a pretty crazy story. <laughs> but, and like I said, it we live in a very wooded area in Pennsylvania where this road is that he was driving. And there was a lot of of disappearances and uh there was like a whole cluster of them way back when but we've had a lot of encounters and stuff in Pennsylvania so it's because it's attached to Ohio Michigan it's all that whole area is like a triangle it really is and I'm so happy to know that I live in one of the the states that is like that so it's not very fun hang on I gotta get get a drink here okay um so um there was a there's a guy there's a couple channels I wanted you guys to follow I love the fact that you're on my channel my podcast and I'm going to be doing this on YouTube as well I have to I have to put my um, podcast episodes up on YouTube and then start doing YouTube as well as you know Spotify Apple Anchor Breaker all the ones on one but there's some uh, podcasters that you guys really need to to get into listening to them. One of them, as I talk about, is David Polites. You have to listen to David Polites. This man, his credentials are incredible. You know, he's an ex-cop, ex-police officer, and he, he has really seen and heard some stuff. Um, it's important you follow him. There's a couple other ones. There's one that I love named Jeff Nadolny. He does a channel, if you look up Jeff Nadalny on YouTube under Dogmen, you're going to find his channel. Jeff puts something out almost every night, so he's really good about this. He's, He's really dedicated his time to this, but he has some amazing stories, guys. You should really follow him. The other one is Sasquatch Chronicles with Wes and Woody. They are very important to listen to. These are outstanding programs. Um, Dixie Cryptid with Cam. He is amazing. He just reads them. He does a lot of reading and stuff like I do. And there's uh, Vic Cundiff on Dogman Encounters. And then there's one other guy. These are the only ones I really listen to. Um, there's a couple others I listen to their stories on occasion, but I don't really know what the name of their channels are. I just kind of catch them now and then. There's another guy. I don't know the name of his channel offhand but it's something along the lines of how to teach you to hunt his, his name's Steve I'll have to I'll put it up on my next podcast because I'm not sure exactly what it's called because I just started catching it again really good channel um, he had a guy that told him this story and this kind of blew my mind and I wanted to share it with you this guy was a nuclear physicist talk about credentials okay he was sitting on a rock he was out in the wilderness and he was hiking and he was sitting on a rock to rest and he said he looked over and he saw this guy that was like a bodybuilder he had his back to him and he was doing like these this thing where he was jumping up in the air and he thought he was working out he didn't think much of it but then he started noticing that that this this guy was covered in hair and he was built like three to four feet wide, huge, massive, as far as height. You're talking like eight to 10 feet. And he said, as he jumped up, the upper part of his body would disappear. So he literally caught a Sasquatch or a Bigfoot in midair doing that thing where they, they cloaked themselves. And it was odd. And this is what I find odd because When his feet left the ground, when the Sasquatch left his, he jumped up, his feet left the ground, his upper part of the body, as he jumped high enough, he disappeared. So, and I don't know if you know this, but the realm of demons and the devil and the fallen angels right now, because hell hasn't been, you know, they haven't been cast to hell yet. It's in the air. They, they reside in the air. So this Bigfoot was jumping up. And as he was jumping up, the parts of his body that reached a certain level was disappearing to the naked eye. You couldn't see it. It was cloaking. And the guy said out loud, what the H She was like, what the hell? And I guess the, the Bigfoot turned around and looked at him. He said he looked at him with this look of complete hatred and anger. It literally scared the living crap out of him. He said he just sat there and started crying, like broke down and cried harder than he said he ever cried in his life. He said he felt like he cried for literally an hour. He finally got up and this Bigfoot just stood there. It was just standing there the whole time, staring at him. And it finally turned and it walked away. He got up and he walked away. Finally, he said, "He thought it was about an hour." And he said, "Um, I'm sorry, it was." He said he thought it was about twenty minutes. He said it was twenty minutes he thought at the most and had gone by. He got up to walk to back. He tried to get back to his car. He, he didn't think he was going to make it, but he wanted to try. You know, he thought he was going he was going to die. And he said, as he was walking, he realized he was much closer to his car on a totally different rock than he had been on before. He could not understand this. He said, he just doesn't make any sense. He's walking and he gets to his car. He said, he, he just, he broke down. He gets in his car, gets back home. Oh, and on his way to the car, he said, his foot started hurting And he looked down and noticed that his shoe was off his foot and his other, on his other foot, his sock was missing. So on one foot, his shoe is missing and the other foot, his sock is missing, but his shoe is still on. And he just, he doesn't understand. And then he looks at his clock. He said an hour and 10 minutes had gone by and he thought he had only been out there for 20 minutes. He has no idea where this time went, no idea how he got to this other rock, got closer to his car, no idea where his shoe was, went back to look, he actually walked back to look for his shoe, which I wouldn't have done. I would have been like, I'm out of here. I would have kicked off all my shoes and booked it, or my shoe and sock, I guess I should say. And um, he just, he couldn't find his shoe. And so he goes back to his car, gets home, gets in his house. Doesn't realize anything else is off until he goes to go use the bathroom. He said he goes to get in the, you know, take his pants down. His underwear are on completely backwards. Now, I don't know if you guys know about these missing 411 cases. Almost every single body that is found is found either naked, missing their shoes almost in every case. Shoes aren't anywhere to be found no socks no shoes some of these people don't have any clothes on at all one of the people that they found the bones they had they found a pile of bones shoes were missing and the pants were down to where the ankles would have been they don't understand what is going on here people i don't understand this correlation between clothing and shoes and these these beings that are either taking people, killing people, or like this guy putting them in a state of hypnosis, where they they do something to the person, and then the person recovers themselves, and things are completely distorted. It doesn't make any sense. This is, this doesn't make any sense. Um. There was a case. There was a mother. I didn't even mean to get into all this, but now that I'm talking about it and my nose is getting stuffed up again, I'm so sorry. My nose gets so nasally when I'm talking, my allergies get bad. Bear with me. I have, I don't know, you know, I I say this in some of my episodes. So any new people know I've got really bad allergy issues and, and they just, you know, my nose gets really clogged up. And I, so I sound like I've got a cold, please excuse me for that. It's just, it's just my body. It's I'm just constantly in an allergy state for some reason. Um, These people took their kids out to the woods and they were walking and they had their, they had uh, two little children with them, mother and father. And the mother said, it seemed like things got really weird. Like the area she was in got really almost like twilight zone-ish where it was just, it just seemed like a haze. So they were walking along, but they kept walking. Before they knew it, the one child was gone and they could not account for why this child was gone. They could not figure out where this child went. The child had been in between the two parents the entire time. Nothing made any sense. So the little, the other little one that was there said the fuzzy man took took the child, took their, their sibling And they were like, when they recovered themselves and they felt like they were right again, they were questioning. Then they started questioning the child. They were like, yeah, the fuzzy man came and took the child away. I watched it. And they never found the child. The child was gone. It was missing forever. It devastated the family. So I don't know in a child's mind what fuzzy is. If it's hairy, fuzzy. um, There have been accounts of creatures in the woods that are faceless. They have no face and their neck like their neck has a slit in it that lifts up it's their mouth there's no eyes that they can see they're faceless but they're fuzzy and this stuff and this stuff is happening guys it's 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 happening there's no way you can honestly you know deny it like there's too many there's too many accounts from too many credible people there's too many of them all across the entire world We live in a realm of just absolute supernatural craziness. And it's going on. I believe this is stuff that God warned us about in the Bible, about the demons. I believe they're demonic or, you know, of the dark side. And it's a battle. It's our battle. It's part of it. Hang on. Let me get a drink here. Story about Cain. I was listening to story this week where a person had said, they made a comment that they felt that Sasquatch or Bigfoot are the descendants of Cain. I agree with that. I'm going to tell you why. There was a cowboy that was, um, story about a cowboy that was really good guy was out in the plains on his horse And he's just, he's just, you know, walking along with his horse and he looks over and there's this, what we would consider a Bigfoot walking next to him. He said he had no idea who this was, where this being came from, didn't know at all what it was at the time. Said this man was like eight feet tall, covered in hair, and he was just literally, you know, ready to wet his pants. He said he looked straight ahead and tried to ignore it because he didn't know what to do. And it suddenly started talking to him. It introduced himself. He said, hello, my name's Cain. I'm the one that God cursed to walk the earth. And I have a mark, you know, who put the mark on me. And he looked over and he just kind of struck up a conversation with him. And then he just eventually... This creature that claimed to be Cain went off and disappeared. And he said he couldn't believe that he was so alive that he let him live. Didn't know what he was. Later figured out that he was what they call a Sasquatch. This story is what has made me believe when this person, when I was reading the story, it really made me feel like, wow, there's other people that are feeling that way too. They're feeling it. And if that's out there and people are picking up on that, then that's probably the case. You know, we're like a collective and it just, it's amazing to me that you can think about something that you think is just your own idea or something comes to you and, you know, you find out later that like, you know, there's thousands of other people in the world that think the same thing and you've never heard it before. You've never read it. You know, it just comes to you. Like I've had that happen to me so many times. The idea of, um, I remember one day I could never understand the story with Cain and Abel, how, you know, this brother killed the other brother and why he was so evil. And I remember I was sitting there and I felt like I heard God tell me, Tracy, Cain wasn't, um, Adam's son. Cain was Lucifer's son, I had never heard this in my life, never read this, never heard it, never talked to anybody about this, never, nothing. And I sat there and I was like, oh my God, Eve was alone in the garden with Lucifer, who was the most beautiful angel in the world in the all of heaven and creations and God called him a serpent. It doesn't mean he appeared as an actual snake. He might have appeared as a snake too, and then transformed into Lucifer's real self. And the appeal that would have been to Eve, trying to withstand a being like that, because it's, it's, it's said that Satan has reproduced, that he does have children on the earth. And it would make perfect sense that he would have seduced Eve and had a child to her, which in turn would have been Cain, her firstborn, who then in turn murdered his brother. And like I said, I don't know why this came to me. I just, I don't know why. But I started, after this happened, I ran into a story online where somebody else had the same They like, they got the same thing I did. And I was just like, wow, this is, this is really crazy stuff. So I really felt like the Lord told me that. I also remember one time I asked Jesus, this is going to blow your mind. I was asking God questions when I was going to sleep and he would always answer me when I was waking up. And I remember one night I kept asking Jesus. I knew that December 25th was not Jesus's real birthday. I knew that we celebrate the celebrations and the holidays that we celebrate are not, they're not right. They're not accurate. Just like Saturday is the real Sabbath day. It's not Sunday. We should be celebrating and, and, and you know, worshiping on Saturday, not Sunday. Constantine had changed that. He had come and changed the um, Sabbath day to Sunday to honor the sun, God guys, Okay. The first day of the week is Sunday. The last day of the week is Saturday. The seventh day that God rested was on Saturday. It is not Sunday. So for us to worship on Sunday is not good. So if anybody has any inclination to really delve deep into the true Sabbath, it is on Saturday. Um, So Hang on a second. I lost my train of thought there. (laughs) Um, Oh boy, I can't remember what I was just talking about here. Hang on just a second. Let me think about this. Just give me a moment here. I can't. I know I was talking about. Okay, I was talking about Sunday boy i can't I can't recover this well let's just move on i'll I'll find out i'll it'll come to me eventually and I'll start talking about it. But if you guys like I said, if you do have any um you know inclination to worship on the real day, oh I, now I got it. I got what I was gonna tell you. Thank you sorry about that guys um I kind of got redirected onto something else. I was asking God what i like what his birthday was. I wanted to know what Jesus's real birthday was. Cause I, I was like, I had this feeling, you know, that it wasn't really, you know, the 25th of December. And we've all heard, a lot of us have heard that, that, you know, it's just a day that for whatever reason we've, you know, come up with this day. I don't know why, but it's probably something Satan's come up with. If you think about this now, how weird is it that you're, you're celebrating a man, a, a little old elf for man in a red suit with, you know, white hair, white beard, comes down a chimney, you know, just stuff like that. It's pretty, he picks up a, a an orb and he looks through it to see if you're good or bad. And, and his name is Santa. Do you have any idea how close to Satan that is? Santa and Satan. That's nuts. And the only reason I even caught up with, caught on to that was one time Matt and I were doing presents. We were, we were, you know, or, or wrapping presents and we, we, he got so tired. We had been up for like weeks just every night we were wrapping presents. We had the biggest Christmas in the world that year. It was just amazing, but we wanted to do something really fun with the kids. And, um, uh, he accidentally wrote, because we would put, you know, from year two so-and-so from Santa and we would do it, you know, so the kids felt that they were getting presents from Santa. And, um, he wrote from Satan on the one and we couldn't believe it. We were just sitting there and that's, that's when it happened, when it occurred to me that I um, that, you know, Oh my God, like, what are we doing? Like, what are we really worshiping here? You know, like, what is this holiday that something is, is Santa? Like, where did this name Santa come from? So it was pretty wild, but some of this stuff is really wild, but, but let's get back to the dream before I forget this again. Okay. So I had this dream. I was asking God, what, or Jesus, what his real birthday was. I said, I want to know what your real birthday was. And this was during the time when it was like everything I was asking Jesus, he was taking me down all these, you know, just, just everything, just teaching me everything. And he was answering me. He was always answering me questions. And I and I just haven't been doing that much with him lately. But it's like every time I ask the Lord for a question, he always finds a way to answer me in the most amazing, profound ways where you know it's him. So He's, um, I, I asked him when I said, you know, Jesus, when's your real birthday? And so I, I went to sleep that night, woke up. It was, it was right in between sleeping and waking. It was like that in-between stage where you're starting to wake up, but you don't know you're awake yet. That's when God always answers me or Jesus answers me. Hang on, I got to get a drink here. I wish I could clear up my nose. Oh my goodness. So um, I was in that in-between stage and I saw this plane fly by and I, I heard, I saw... So I can't remember how it went, but it was something like he was answering me that it was like, this was my birthday and it was like a plane and it was flying by and there was this banner in the back of this plane and it said, October 31st. And I was just like, you got to be kidding me. And I just sat there, I woke up and I was like, your birthday is October 31st. And if you think about that, guys, think about that. Like how how profound is that revelation? Jesus's birthday, if this world is run by Satan and he spins everything that God does, everything about God, he, ter- he does the same thing, but he puts an evil spin on it. He would take Jesus's true birthday and turn it into the most evil day of the year when people worship the dead and ghouls and there's all these sacrifices going on during witchcraft and cults. Kids are being abducted and kidnapped, taken out and slaughtered and murdered and raped and, you know, sacrifice and all this horrible, horrible stuff is going on during Halloween. And I just sat there and I was like, that can't be like, I must be imagining this. Like I got the wrong message and I was like, I didn't get the wrong message. I'm like, I felt in my soul that Jesus's true birthday is October 31st. That it's, it's the day of Halloween or October 30th. It's what it's, I can't remember if it's 30. It's the, whatever the day Halloween falls on, I think it's the 31st. And that's what I had gotten. And in my, in my dream, as I was waking up, I was hearing Jesus telling me that this was my birthday, you know, and that how this, of course, is Jesus's birthday. And of course, this is the mockery and spectacle that it's been turned into because we live in a very evil, you know, satanically run world. It was, I don't know, guys, it was just, it was amazing. Hang on, gotta get a drink. So. I have a couple stories for you. Let me read these while my nose is all stuffy. <laughs> okay. It is very, very hard to put into words. This is a person. I was talking about a near death experience experience. I like to end my shows with a lot of that. Um, I feel like it kind of opens our eyes a little bit. It is very, very hard to put into words. I literally felt that I was shown everything in the world everything in the universe and how it fits together and how we continue. And when I came back, I felt that I loved everybody around me. I loved the trees. I felt a part of it, but I was very overwhelmed by the hate and the anger and the pain that is in this world. Everywhere I turned, I wanted companionship and brotherhood, and everywhere I turned, there were walls. I wanted to reach out and hug people and be with them, but nobody wanted this and understood it. I just felt like I I was connected to humanity, but humanity wasn't connected to me. That was one encounter. Hang on. Hello, and thanks for reading my story. I personally never had a near-death experience. However, my friend's husband had one years ago, which he told me about. He was an atheist, but came out of it with a different perspective He had suffered a dissection of his abdominal aorta while his wife rushed him to the hospital and was bleeding out and coded in the ER. They were able to bring him back, but just barely. Anyway, after he recovered and and sent home, I asked my friend how her husband, Bruce, was doing. She told me fine, except he was driving her crazy because he wouldn't stop talking about what he saw after he died. Weeks later, I called to talk to my friend and her husband, answered and told me she wasn't home. I then asked how he was feeling. He told me he was fine, but added that when he died, he was suddenly in the presence of millions of beings and that the ones up front closest to him, he recognized as friends and loved ones who had passed. He said he felt a connection to everyone else as though he knew them his entire life. And they had a history of sorts. He also said he felt welcomed and that they were very glad to see him. Then he was suddenly back in the ER. He was quite excited, telling me the story. I could hear it in his voice, adding that he wasn't sure if we are aliens or what, but that there was definitely something more than this life. Bruce passed away of a heart attack leaving work a few years ago. So wherever he was the first time he passed, I'm sure he was met with the same joyous reunion again. I don't think we're aliens. I think the aliens, as God showed me, are demons. They are truly demons and fallen angels. But you can, I can see how people could misconstrue that if they didn't have any um, real basis or belief in God. Okay, let me look here. I'm just looking to see if I want to read anything else to you guys tonight. I'm going to read one more. There's another one I was going to read, but I'm going to, um, I'm going to see. Well, no, I'll read it. Okay. Let me see here. Um, I had this one girl just said, this is something that she had encountered. So she said, I had an entity like a dementor hold my throat during sleep paralysis and say, don't tell anyone about me. I just stared it down and said, I would tell everyone Then I heard what I would describe as a camera taking a photo and I snapped out of it and could move again and wake up. Now this is interesting because my daughter had an experience, her and her her boyfriend or fiance, where she literally saw something that looked just like the Dementor from Harry Potter. So that story kind of really fascinated me a bit. Okay, last one. Sorry about my nose, guys. I really am. I've never had any loved ones, human, ever visit after passing. But this is a person that was talking about um, being visited by, uh, you know, like a loved one after they died. So this was what the conversation was about. So they answered, I've never had any loved ones or human ever visit after passing. But the next day, after I had to put my baby girl dog down, she made her presence known. Then two more times on other days made her presence known. Like I didn't actually see her, but the morning after she passed, I was bawling and an orb passed by me and I instantly stopped crying and knew she was with me. Another time I heard her rubbing her back on my carpet in my room as I lied on my, in my bed. No one was in my room with me. The last time was <clears throat> I was sleeping. Uh, I was sleeping and all of a sudden the blankets got tossed over my face. Okay. That would be weird. I was woke up, kind of freaked out until I heard her nails walking in my bathroom next to my bedroom, instantly not scared. Now, I don't know if I, like I told you guys before, I don't know if we could come back here once we die. I don't know that. I don't know if some people are allowed to be reincarnated i do not believe we're all reincarnated i don't even know if reincarnation is real i don't know if it exists it says in the bible it isn't now that could be god you know not wanting us to know that we could come back so we didn't really try or maybe in some instances people um they die prematurely so god sends them back or maybe it just doesn't exist you know maybe the people the things that people hear even under hypnosis, like the things that they see or they hear, they talk about is all demon induced. Maybe, you know, the devil or spirits are giving, feeding people information, leading them to believe that they really are reincarnated and other people in the room. And then when they go to check the facts, the facts all line up because it came straight from the devil or a demon. So we don't know, but this story was interesting to me because I, had a really cool experience with my dog like this. Um, She died September 11th in my arms. I went outside with her. I took her outside. She was in in death throes. She had had cancer for two years, and I put her through chemotherapy for two years and got to the point where it wasn't working anymore enough. And so she went out. Uh, She woke me up one morning on September 11th, Around 5.30 in the morning, Chase woke me up. She was dying. It was just awful. It's hard to even talk about it because I really loved her so much. I haven't had a dog since because she was my baby. Um, and uh, she was a little mini Schnauzer. Smartest dog in the world you ever could even imagine. She was like a person. Didn't eat dog food, only ate people food because she got spoiled. And she slept with me. She had bait. She took, we literally gave her baths every night almost because she, she would get fleas. Every time we took her for a walk, she would get fleas and from the, you know, the, the park and stuff. And, you know, we just, we couldn't stand her suffering. So we would just drown them all in the bathtub every night. And we we had advantage on her and all kinds of stuff. But for some reason that year, fleas were just horrible. It was a crazy year for fleas. This her last year. And, um, But she was our baby. I mean, she did everything, went everywhere with us. She's just our baby. So um, she was dying and I literally, I literally just literally jumped up, scooped her up in my arms and took her immediately outside, outside of our yard because I didn't want her trapped in any house because I knew we weren't going to stay in this house. So I didn't want her, her spirit to be trapped anywhere because I didn't know how that went. I was like, I don't want to take a chance. So I wanted her to be free outside. She loved being outside. Um, so I did this thing where we took her body on this procession. We went and we, we just kind of drove by all her favorite places. She was in the car in a box. And, oh, it was so incredibly hard seeing her little body lifeless. Like you have no idea how animated this dog was. She was just the most beautiful, perfect dog in the world. Didn't run away when you had her off a leash. She was just the most amazing baby. And her one ear stuck straight up. Her other ear flopped over. She was so cute. I used to call her the bat dog. She was just the cutest thing. And so we took her on this little procession by all her favorite places and our old house that she loved and just everything, the parks and everywhere. And then we took her up to the vet. Her her vet's office or the vet's office was going to cremate her for me. I have her ashes in the house here with me. Hang on, I have to get a drink. can't even begin to believe how stuffed up my nose is right now. It's crazy. So, um, I'm just trying to think here what happened. So we took her up to get her cremated. And as we were, we were coming home, pulled into the driveway at the house, right? You know, in the yard that I had taken her to when she died. I am not kidding you, you guys. This was the craziest thing I've ever seen. I got out of the car. And I looked up at this cloud and I know clouds, clouds take many shapes, but they don't take usually the shape of like your, the face of your child that just died or your dog or, you know, never saw a cloud do this before. This cloud looked identical to Chase. It was just her face. It looked identical to her. Like the entire cloud was right above me looking like it was looking down at me. I got to make sure I don't start crying. And and it was her. And I looked up. I was just staring at this cloud. I went, Matt, he was with me. And so were the kids. I said, look at that cloud. And he looked up and he was just like in shock. And so were the kids. And he was like, it's Chase. I said, Matt. And we just stood there and stared at it. And it was like, she was looking down at us. And then all of a sudden, as the cloud was shifting, it literally looked like her side profile. So it looked like something called her and it was time for her to go. And she looked in that direction and the cloud turned into her profile guys. Like it was just, I'm telling you, this was, it was amazing I will never, ever get over that. Like you don't understand how like real this was and how incredible that every movement of this cloud took on the shape of either her face or her profile. And then it just dissipated. And I was just standing there telling her I loved her, you know, and it was okay for her to go and that kind of stuff. I can't believe I still get choked up about her. It's been September 11th. It was in 2012. 2012 that this happened so it was uh, it was rough very hard and the hard it was hard too because I've never been able to get a dog since because I became I waited for several years to get a dog and then when I went in I went in to get tested one day about my cat allergy thinking I'd start getting shots for cats and the doctor informed me that I'm highly allergic to dogs and all this time I thought it was just cats I was reacting to and it was dogs too. And so I waited several years cause I couldn't, I just couldn't bear getting another dog. I couldn't bear. No, it wasn't even like I was replacing chase. It was just the, it was the trauma of going through watching my baby die. And then, you know, thinking about like going through that again, um, another day was just, I couldn't do it. I was like, I don't ever want to feel this again, you know? So that's why I never, I had gotten a dog. And then so many years passed and I, I really got to a point where I thought about getting another dog and I just couldn't, and, or, and then I, I, I couldn't because I, I went in and got the allergy test and was just stunned that I was highly allergic to dogs. I'm talking, I'm so allergic to dogs. Like I have a problem because people take dogs in stores and restaurants and, and there's other people like me that are out there that shots don't work with, medicine doesn't work with. And people are just taking dogs everywhere and you're just like, I have to run out of stores. Like if I see a dog, I have to, I have to get out of there pretty quick because I'm so allergic. I have to carry an EpiPen with me. I go into anaphylactic shock from it. So you guys think about that. Like as people are taking their dogs into stores and especially grocery stores where people take food home and they ingest it or they go to like Lowe's and they take, you know, home improvement stuff back to their house. There are people that are so allergic to dog and cat dander, but people are taking dogs everywhere now that it can kill them and, or it can kill a child. It can kill a, a mother, a father, you know, it can kill you. It, I'm one of those people and no amount of shot, you know, there is no hypoallergenic dog to me, um, no pill, nothing could work to fix it. So, um, just think about that. You know, when you're, you know, try to keep your dogs, you know, like, to yourself more like don't, don't 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 let them off leashes because if they run up to somebody with an allergy like I have it can be fatal for them um same with stores like you know it it, it I know you love your dogs I loved my dog you know and I never would have thought of this either until I became allergic but if um if you're out in public you know keep your dog in the car if you can because it it really helps people like me. It really does. And there's more of us out there than you think, you know, it's like a silent, um, hell that we live in that we really don't have a voice. And you know, we live in this horrible situation that, that could take our life, you know? So it's, it's really bad, but I'm, I'm one of those people. So anyway, but that's what happened with my dog and I miss her and I cannot wait to see my baby dog again one day. I cannot wait to be in heaven. And have animals again. And be with my dog. And just love her. And you know see her. And I have a couple other dogs I had too. So it's just it, the love that you have for your animals. It's, it is it is like they're your child. You know they just. They're just amazing. I used to save animals. I used to rescue them. I did everything. So for somebody like me. To become allergic like this to animals. Is so unfair. Because, I mean, I'm one of those people that I took a deer that was dying off the road and stuck it in my van with some guy I didn't know. We were, like, loading this deer in my van one night so I could get it to the wildlife preserve. And I've rescued deer and every kind of, I mean, I had the whole road blocked off one night trying to save an opossum. Like, it's just, I used to do this stuff all the time and and now I have to stay away. It's basically all animals, but um, dog and cat I mentioned because those are the ones that, we get exposed to the most like, you know, people have cats in their house, people have dogs that they take all over. So, you know, that's the one, they're the two that, that frighten me the most, especially the dogs. But someday I will be with my, my little doodle and I called her my doodle dog. I will be with doodle in again one day. So, but that was a really neat um, encounter I had with this cloud. And I knew in my soul in my spirit that it was really, it was her, it was her spirit. So that was a pretty cool story. I love you guys. I will see you next. I will talk to you next week and should be putting stuff on YouTube soon. And hopefully this horrible allergy and nose of mine is clearer next time I talk. So have a great night. You guys take care. Stay safe. God bless you. Say your prayers, any questions or anything you need help with or want to talk about or any stories or encounters you have, please, please message me. I love to get encounter stories. Take care, you guys.